Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. I'm going to be talking with Pastor Billy, and we are explaining the reason for our hope. going to get started with session two of our podcast, which I'm realizing we never actually introduced the podcast last time. So we're calling this unapologetic. And what we're doing is we're explaining the reason for our hope, right? So in our last session, we talked a lot about purpose. And that was kind of the the whole thing was purpose and, and what that looks like for us and kind of specifically here to our church and what we're each trying to do with our church. This time, we're going to jump in, and, and Billy's here again, and we're going to talk through some more exciting stuff. So you want to kick us off? Yeah, when we talk about purpose, we get our purpose as a Christian from a person, and that person is Jesus. And so when we talk about Jesus, he also had a purpose and he also had a direction where he was going. You know, so he had a mission and a vision. So Jesus' mission, and I bet a lot of people will recognize these verses, there's three main things that Jesus came for. Okay. He's, he came to seek and save the lost. He came to, to not be served, but to serve. And he came to obey the will of the Father. And I've got these verses. It says in Luke 18.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Right? And John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So now, if we're an extension of Jesus, that's what a Christian is. That's what a disciple is. You know, we are now doing the work of Jesus. We've all heard the terms, you know, we're now the arms and feet of Jesus. So what Jesus did, okay, he gave us a model. If Jesus came to seek and save the lost, if Jesus came to serve, if Jesus came to do the will of the Father, that's the three things we ought to be locked in on for ourselves. Right. Yeah, we're trying to be as Christ-like as possible ourselves. And so these things we're saying, we're going to go to the lost people. We're going to introduce them to the man who can save them. We're going to serve these people. I like how you said that. That I mean, when you said, um, you know, we're trying to be like Jesus, that's exactly what it means. You know, in character, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can not be like Jesus. And we're trying to be like Jesus in our character. But also, we ought to be thinking that for our own mission, our own purpose in life. You know what I mean? Um, but it's really interesting, Jesus also had a vision for okay. himself, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to read this passage it's in Luke 9, 51. It says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, do you know what was in Jerusalem? Yeah, this point in scripture is Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Exactly. So in the book of Luke, you read all the way up to, to chapter 9, and you're like, wow, man, there's, there's like a, and then all of a sudden 951 comes, and it says he set his sights resolutely toward Jerusalem. That means he's not turning back. He's going to the cross. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was his vision. Now, when you look in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. 
So there's vision. So there was this joy that he had that was set before him when he was resolutely set out for Jerusalem in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And all of a sudden in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he's saying there's a joy that he experienced when he looked at Jerusalem in Luke 9, 51. Yeah, and it would have to be a massive joy to be able to endure the cross. Like, think about that. You know what I mean? He's looking at Jerusalem. He knows he's going to go to the cross. He knows it is going to be the, the worst death ever, okay? And yet he did it, and it says in the verse, he endured the cross for the joy set before him. Do you know what the joy was? What was that? He was going to offer everybody the hope that they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's really a, uh, a really awesome way to look at the vision that Jesus had. That's awesome. Yeah, we... I think we, we talk about hope and we, we think about it, but to really kind of say it that way is like, this is what Jesus was going to the cross for, was for us to experience that hope. That, that changes exactly. Exactly. the mindset. And, and if you take that vision of where he was going and what he was going to accomplish, tie it back to the mission, he did all that to seek and save the lost. And, and he did all that to serve. And he did all that to obey the will of the Father. And so we need to have that same kind of focus to say, all right, who are the people out there that don't know him? Right. You know, who are the people out there that need to be served? Who are the, you know, how can I obey God more in my life? You know what I mean? Yeah. But he didn't stop there. That's a funny thing. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, before he went, he commissioned a few disciples specifically, and then he commissioned all of us. Yeah. Peter was one of them. Right. Did you remember the, the passage that um, it says that Jesus said to him, Peter, on this rock, I will build the church. So he's telling Peter, on you, I'm going to build the church. That was vision. He was vision casting for Peter. For the word life. Peter, the name Peter just mean, comes from Petros, and that means rock. rock. And so Jesus was saying, on you, Peter, because I renamed you, I'm going to build my church. You know what I mean? So he gave Peter. Peter must have had a pretty strong back. He did. It's a lot of. He did. And he was, he was a pretty crazy dude when you really get right down to it, you know. <laughs> and then you have that, that passage, and that's Luke, I'm sorry, that's in Matthew 6, 18. It says, on you, I will build my church on the rock. Now, he did the same thing with Paul, and I think the verse that talks about Paul's vision that Jesus gave him is astounding. I, I love this verse. This is like one of my favorite verses. In Acts 23, 11, it says this, The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify about me in Rome. Now, that's, that was a significant vision that Jesus gave them because, you know, Paul was going all through Jerusalem and preaching and, and getting beat up and, yeah. and, and getting threatened. I mean, his life was being threatened often, and he was out resting, sleeping, and Jesus comes next to him in, in a vision, or maybe even bodily, we don't know. But do but you know what he's saying to him? Just like you talked about me in Jerusalem, you're going to Rome, and that was a big deal. This was the Roman Empire. You're going to Caesar. You're going to the emperor. Yeah. And you're going to go into the palace, and you're going to start preaching the gospel. And every part of the civilized world was connected to Rome, and Paul was going there. Right. That's big vision. I'm not sure what he thought. He's like, whoa, I'm going to Rome, man. You know, probably, I mean, cool. it's a little bit out of his comfort zone, too, just a little bit, because, I mean, Paul's a Jew, and so he's, he's comfortable in Jerusalem and, and talking to those guys, and, and, and God's saying, no, 
I've got more people for you to talk to. Exactly. You're going to have to go talk to everybody. And that's I, exactly that's right. And, and, and you know what? And that's what everybody needs to think through that God has a bigger vision for us than we have for ourselves. Yeah. We will never outvision God. We'll never outthink him. You know what I mean? Like he's got a purpose and a plan for everybody here. He has created every individual uniquely and for a purpose and for a plan. And every one of those purposes and plan is huge because it's like I made you to be this piece of the puzzle. Right. I don't care how big the puzzle, the, the piece is or how small it is. If that puzzle doesn't get, if that piece doesn't get fit into the puzzle, the puzzle's incomplete. Yeah. He, no, I know you, you guys do puzzles a lot in your house. Well, man, You don't, I'm, but your uh, family does. Yeah, I'm not sure about And that. I've been there before, and there has been a missing piece, and it was like, the search is on. We got to find this Oh, without thing, a doubt. Because the puzzle's without not done without it. But, but, but that's what God does. So he gives everybody a purpose in life. And he sets a vision, and it's like, we think we can have a big vision, and all of a sudden God comes up, I got something that you are not going to believe, and I'm going to have you do. And, and I think sometimes we get confused, and we think, well, what's that big thing, the big thing, the big thing? And sometimes, in our eyes, it's a small thing, but in the economy of God and what he's doing, it's the biggest thing possible. And he right. sends us there to do it, and things wouldn't be complete in his story if we don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then sure. he takes us as the light and he sets us in different places, in the different places in the world, different places in the neighborhood, different places in the county. And he's like, I am posting you there because yes. that's where you're going to shine Be light. Faithful you know what right I mean? here and we're going to get things yeah, done. Totally. Yeah. Which, awesome. which honestly, can I be honest with you? I have, a, I have another verse here because he doesn't just tell Peter and Paul. He then sets a vision for the church, and that includes all of us, yeah. even I today. Think, I think the more verses we read, the better, because, you know, that's where yeah. we've got to get the scripture in there as much as possible, it, right? So let's keep and reading the verses. That's right. Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 8 says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the interesting thing about that passage is it's talking about the power. We're gonna, we, we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit gives us power, strength. I mean, this world's not easy to live in, man. You know. Yeah. And when we know we have this guaranteed power and strength, we then can start that blessed process and start to engage in spiritual conversations. He opens the door. He helps us to do it. In Jerusalem, which is hometown, Judea, right? Yeah. That's, that's like the outskirts and maybe broadening out. Samaria is, it could be across the ocean or it could be in the next city, but it's always a different culture. Right. You know what I mean? And then um, to the ends of the earth. And, and it's a really, really cool way to look at yeah. what he's done for us. Yeah, it's that's really a, important. It's awesome. It makes it a lot easier. You think about you have that much power in you. It becomes a lot less intimidating to start those spiritual conversations because you're like, well, it's yeah. not my power. It's I'm going right. to be fine. This isn't God this isn't will take me. care of it. He'll yeah. smooth it over. He makes the rough places smooth. It says that, uh, you know, the, the prophets used to tell us that. But um, I, I always ask myself a question. It's actually a series of questions. Okay. You know, and I always ask these when I'm talking about purpose in life and where I'm headed in life or something that I feel like God is calling us to do. And I'm praying like, God, what do you want our church to accomplish? What do you want us to do? What do you want groups to do? Like, like what, what, what's going on down here? What do you, how does all this fit together, right? 
Here's a good question that everybody can ask themselves when, when you feel like God is prompting you to do something, right? right. right. Or, or prompting you to start some organization or just enter into a relationship with somebody that you know doesn't know Christ. And the questions are this, what is the problem? What is the solution? Why must something be done? And why now? Okay. So if you ask those four questions, you know what I mean? And, and, and I ask those things all the time. What's the problem? This world is lacking hope. And every time I hear that somebody commits suicide, it might be some star or it might be not. You know, it might be some local person. I'm sad, man. It's like, yeah. it's like I, I'm, I'm sad and angry at the same time. You know I mean? I, you know, I just did another suicide funeral about three weeks ago, and I don't like it, you know? And so what's the problem? People lack hope, right? right? What's the solution? Jesus Christ, okay? We and then know it that. Says, we know that. Why must something be done? Because I'm looking at statistics, and I'm looking at depression. I'm looking at anxiety. I'm looking at suicide. I'm looking at hopelessness. That's why something needs to be done. Why now? Because he's put it on our heart now. And we're looking yeah. at what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. So when you look at all of that, it's like... That why now question yeah, it's, goes it's, back to the what is the problem question is that it needs to be done now because the problem's happening yeah. right now. We need to... And people need answers right now. And that's the thing. They're searching for answers. People might say they're not searching for answers. They are searching for answers. So what do we do with that? We've got... We've had a lot of Bible so far, a lot of scripture passages about... Uh, where Jesus is kind of commissioning people. Jesus had his own purpose. Yeah. What do we do? How do we connect that to us? Well, let's go back to Jesus, right? And okay. Jesus gives us the great commission. Yep. If you ever heard of that, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, and there's, a, there's several things about the great commission that we should highlight. Go, make converts who will be disciples. That's really what he's talking about, new disciples, which means you, they, they have to experience conversion. And then once they experience conversion, he's talking about teaching them to obey and baptizing them. Right. right? And so this whole idea is go, go, go out and share this news and turn all these people into disciples or be part of God, God's work of turning them into disciples. Right. And so the Great Commission is how the good news is spread and how people grow in Christ. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's... All fine and good. And a lot of people will say, that's how we got to build our church. You got to go make disciples. Go make disciples. And that is a part of the process. But that's not how we're building this church. Because it's something far more important that Jesus told the church than, than I, you know, some people may disagree with me. There's something far more important that Jesus told the church to do and how to build it. Okay. That making disciples needs to happen. And if it's not happening in a church, something's wrong. Yeah, so I would say making disciples is going to flow out of. Yeah, the this more statement. important thing, and that is the great commandment. When Jesus was uh, talking with his lawyer, and the lawyer's like, What's the greatest law? What's the greatest thing we can do? What's the most important thing? And Jesus said, Love. He actually said it, uh, love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor like it was you. That's basically what he's saying. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when we build a church, you build a ministry, you build relationships, you bless somebody, you, you listen to them, you serve them. If it's done in love, we got a shot at this. But here's the problem. Paul said something too. And he said this. I'm going to read this quote 
out all of right. the New Testament. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift, if, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such a faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. That's scary to me. How come? Because I could be doing things. And if I don't truly love the person, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just like, like, you know, I don't feel like doing this or I'm just doing this to score points or doing this because people are watching me. Oh, look how great he is. Right. That's a bad deal, man. That means this is worth nothing. But if we genuinely love God, then the love for God and, love, and God's love for us will flow out and we'll love others. And then when we love others, we've got the foundation to bring hope. Yeah. Remember, this whole thing's about bringing hope. We're bringing hope and we're able to love well. We're able to serve well. And then there's purpose in what we're doing when exactly. it's coming out of a place of love. Exactly. Which is awesome. Exactly. So, hey, so we are out of time. But right. you're going to let us know next week, next session, what are we looking forward to? Yeah, um, next, next time we get together, um, next time we, we come together for this, we're going we're gonna to explore a couple of really important things. First of all, how does this world think? What, what, what is the, the way that, that people process these days? It's a lot different than it was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that so that we can understand what, what really is making people tick these days. And then we're going to talk about the three deepest needs in a human being. And if we can lock onto those needs and we start communicating those and start touching people at those places, those deeper places in life, man, that's going to go a long way. So we're going to talk about that. Awesome. Yeah. I like that we're keeping those three deepest needs secret. That's going to be a good cliffhanger. There you go. They're going to have to come back. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. All right.